0: Hi there, welcome to Finding Space with Alex Tyson. The show that celebrates the everyday legends who put in the hard work to become who they want to be and live the life they want to live. For people who understand that when we practice compassion and find wisdom within ourselves, we find success and happiness. Join me in hearing amazing stories from everyday individuals who have found incredible personal and professional growth through varied and, at times, wild methods of self-improvement and self-responsibility, and through their unique perspectives and work, have gone on to better the lives of those around them. From nurturing health to growing your wealth, or enjoying the present to crafting your future, no aspect of life is off-topic. And hey guys, just a quick note that we recorded this podcast before we rebranded our company from iHealth Saunas to Found Space. So if you hear any references of iHealth Saunas, that's why. Today I'm sweating it out with Fiona Tuck. Fiona is a nutritional medicine practitioner and skincare expert. She believes in a no-nonsense approach to health and well-being and is passionate about bringing transparency and integrity into the skincare and wellness industry. She is the author of the book The Forensic Nutritionist and devotes the majority of her time educating on skincare and nutrition, media commentary, and running her beauty food nutraceutical range, VitaSol. In this podcast, we get into exactly what whole food plant-based nutrition is, fasting, the downfall of supplementation, the balance between science and nutrition, gut health, collagen and much more. Fiona is an absolute expert in her field and I love her approach to nutrition and health. And so I give you Fiona Tuck. Fiona, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Um, so we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today, but as always, what is the sweatiest you've ever been?
1: It's a really great question. And the honest answer is I actually don't sweat a lot. <laughs> right. So I would say the sweatiest I've ever been is actually in my eye sauna. Um, <laughs> I didn't And interestingly, I didn't sweat the first time I went in there. Can you believe that? I didn't actually sweat. I was like, what's going on? I thought you were meant to sweat. And then obviously it unleashed a new sweating ability and I started sweating. So the only other time I've really been sweaty is whenever anyone has presented me with needles.
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs)
1: so that just makes me sweat so yeah I obviously have a bit of a needle phobia um so apart from that I'm pretty I'm a pretty cool cucumber actually I'm 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 all about um going with the flow and just handling whatever life throws at you so Mm. not too much phases me I've been in some really really tricky situations um throughout my life and I can honestly say I've literally had miracles happen to get me out of those situations. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a p- pretty blessed person. I think.
0: Do you have a a belief in sort of divine intervention in those moments?
1: Very much so. I, I, I very much have a belief in a in a divine power, and um, I very much have lived my life that way. And literally at the I've had literally miracles happen. And I mean, I grew up in the UK, I believe I had a calling to come to Australia. And I just had this deep all knowing that this is where I belonged. It was a very strange feeling. So I literally packed up everything, left family and friends, didn't know a soul, and literally moved to the other side of the world. And was the best decision I ever made. I mean, obviously, it's sad leaving my family and friends on the other side of the world, but um, I'm very much about um, just literally trusting, having faith and and going with the flow and seeing where that takes you.
0: How old were you when you came out here?
1: It's interesting. I was 28 and around 27, 28, the really... uh, something about that number you're smiling so you you must know what I'm talking about but people seem to have these massive life changes around the age of 27 and I yeah I think I was just turning 28 I think um when I came out and um yeah I upped and had a big life change and it's been amazing
0: it's um it's great that you kind of followed that what I guess is an intuition right um you know I think a lot of people feel that and then they don't do anything and um, I was, I'm smiling now because uh, I'm turning 28 in six months, and uh, I think it's what they call the Saturn return, right? It's it's. I when, don't
1: know. Is, it, is that what they call it?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, in astrology, that's that's what it is. It's when yeah. it's when Saturn is kind of back to where it was when you were born, um, with with respect to all the other planets and and the sun, and um, it's quite often times when these feelings of like what am I doing here and like wanting to sort of make a shift and and really follow your purpose more. It's when a lot of those feelings come up. So it was interesting that it was around that. And we also find that then another 27, 28 years later, the same thing happens, which is what we call a midlife crisis, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I've had that. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, I'm just about to go into my golden year, which apparently is meant to be the next year. It's meant to be the best year of my life. So, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. It's got to be a, a good year right next year. It's got to be.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'm sure there'll be some improvements over 2020, but let's not <laughs> go down that rabbit hole. And so, when you came out from the UK, um, did you know what you were going to do when you got here?
1: Yeah, I had a job and um, this is really bizarre. So, but when I went for the job interview, the job interview was in the UK and it was just quite random because it was to bring me out to Australia. It was for a position in Australia and the woman that interviewed me, and this is so random just said to me at the interview in the UK I never offer a job the first time I meet someone I had to do this big presentation and oh god, I was up all night getting ready for it that one did make me sweat <laughs> <laughs> um, and at the end of the presentation she said I don't normally do this but something in me is telling me that this is a job for you and I, I'm being told to give you this job. And she actually said to me, God told me to give you this job. <laughs> and I was like, I know, I'm feeling it too. And that was it. It was a very, very, you, th- these things just don't happen. That's what I'm saying. Like I get these little miracles that happen. Mm. Um, it was incredible. And that that moment changed my life. It really did. And so I had a job. Um I was the international training manager for a large skincare company and so it was the most incredible job. It took me all around the world, well mainly around Asia. So I would travel to Asia and do um, presentations on skin, Um, we'd do product launches. It was absolutely incredible experience and um, it it was quite life-changing. I actually remember the first time I got sent to Indonesia I've to Jakarta and I had to do this massive stage presentation with a microphone and I'd never been on stage with a microphone before. Right. And they, it was in a big five-star hotel and they opened the doors into the room and there were hundreds of people sitting there and they had um, all the press cameras there. So, as the doors opened, it was like a scene out of Notting Hill when all the camera lights are clicking and, and going off. And just all these flashlights started and I saw this sea of people and then I suddenly closed the doors again and had to take a breath and think, oh, my goodness, this is my moment. Like they think there's some superstar presenter coming through to talk to us about acne (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking there's little old me that's never been on a stage with a microphone and talked to hundreds of people before. And it literally was that sliding doors moment where I thought, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I've got two choices. I can either go out there on the stage and make this happen and they don't know I've never spoken to anyone on stage before or I can pass out. (laughs) 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 So that was another sweating moment. Um, I can pass out. I literally, that was a thought that came to me. I could collapse, I can pass out and I don't have to do the presentation. And then I took a deep breath and thought, "That's ridiculous. If you if you don't do it, you're on the next flight back to the UK, and all your dreams are over." So this yep. is my this is my moment. So I remember getting on stage, getting the mic on. Probably the first thirty seconds were absolutely petrifying, and then I really got into it and I loved it. And I remember at the end of it, I literally went back to the hotel room. I remember jumping on the bed, kicking my legs in the air, and thinking that was my Madonna moment. And it was a feeling of achievement and accomplishment and I've, I've done it. And um, after that, it was all plane sailing. But that was a real life-changing moment for me when it was like, I can do this, come out of my comfort zone and see where it takes me or I can stay in my comfort zone and get on the next plane back to the UK. And so, I decided to feel the fear and do it anyway.
0: Anyway, love it. Yeah. yeah I mean, surely you were sweating in that moment.
1: Yes, I probably was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I love that. I mean, that's it's like kind of make or break, right? And you just stepped up and, and got it done and, you know, I've seen your sort of success and, you know, your time on, on TV and what you've done obviously since then um, and that seemed to be the start of um, what's been a good career for yourself, you would say?
1: I think so. And it's interesting, even the first time I was on television... I, the first time I got invited to go onto television, I was really excited about it. But at the same time, I'd never done it before. And I was overthinking it in my head. I told a few people that I was going on TV. And then I was getting all these messages from people saying, don't do this. Make sure you do this. Don't wear this. And good luck. And we'll be watching. And we're tuning in. And we're going to be watching and all of a sudden I started getting quite nervous and thinking oh my god everyone's going to be watching me and I started getting quite quite panicky and that was probably the only time that I felt a little bit out of control that I actually then felt I was so nervous I didn't have control over my mouth my mind my my body and I remember driving to the television studio thinking I, I'm actually not ready to do this. I'm, I'm not feeling in control and I'm thinking I'm, I'm not ready to do this. And I always got this saying, God never gives you more than you can handle, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I actually don't think I can handle this. <laughs> I was actually thinking You're not quite right. And it was interesting. I walked into the reception of the TV studio and they went, oh, I'm really sorry, but your segment's been cancelled today. Um, there was some big political event. And um, they, the whole show had been cancelled. So they'd cancelled the whole show, and um, I couldn't go on TV. And I remember thinking, thank you, God, because I wasn't with it. I wasn't together. And they rescheduled it. I didn't tell anyone I was going on, so I didn't have that build up. And I just went for it, and it was absolutely fine. And then just sort of went back and did more. But it's, it's interesting. I, I do think we do create a lot of things with our, our feelings and our mind and what we attract in. And I, I know at that point I really wasn't ready. I wasn't in a good state and thankfully that mirrored back and I didn't have to do it that day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I mean the universe always gives us what we need, right? Uh,
1: yeah. I really something. do I really do believe that. But sometimes we've got to work with it. And you know, sometimes there can be situations in our life where we have to get out of our comfort zone or it might be that we're in an environment that's not healthy for us and it may be even who we surround ourselves with and so sometimes we do have to be brave enough to move away from situations or to remove certain people out of our life that may be having more of a toxic influence on us than we realize and then I think that makes way for the good stuff to come in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're always rewarded when you do something that's good for your health and wellness overall, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. such a big proponent of fasting because it's after you fast, the universe is like, well, you've just done your body such good. Here is just some abundance and some great experiences for you, you know.
1: Um, yeah. But saying that, you know, with the fasting, um, and, and fasting is a really interesting thing and I think fasting, there's a physical benefit of fasting, and that's, that's, the studies are there and that's well documented. But I also think there's an emotional benefit as well, and almost a sort of a, a spiritual benefit too, because you're sort of cleansing everything. Um, but I do think that you can fast incorrectly, mm. if that makes sense. So if you're just starving yourself and you're just mentally not in a, in the place where, you're feeling the benefits from it and you're more like, oh, how much longer, how much longer, how much longer till I can eat my McDonald's or whatever it is. You're not going to get the same benefit from it. So um, a lot of people don't fast correctly. They'll starve themselves and then gorge themselves, eat the wrong food so that they don't, Actually, get the benefit of this of the fasting because you want to be fasting so that you're taking your body into a state of what we call autophagy, which you're probably familiar with. Yeah. Um, but in order for that to happen you've you've got to lower your glycogen stores really. So if you're if you're starving and then feeding up and building up your glycogen stores and that's eating like really high refined carbohydrates and things and sort of eating whatever you like after the fasting, then when you're going through the fasting, you're going to be using those glycogen stores rather than the cells going into autophagy. So not everyone fasts correctly. So there there is a way to do it. Yeah
0: yeah that's that 's really good um, do you do some fasting yourself
1: i do i'm look i 'm a believer in the body knows when to fast, mm. so what I mean by that is we naturally will fast when we 're sick um, because fasting will take us into this state that we call autophagy and that 's when the the cells basically are able to go in and clear themselves up, you know, clear up any cellular debris to protect the cell from any damage. Um, and so it's a way that the the body can basically fight off illness and viruses and, and what, it, what it needs to fight off. If we're overfeeding the cell with fuel or, or food, if you like, then the body has to deal with all of that first before it's going into sort of rest and repair mode. And so... Um, I do believe that fasting is there for a reason. Um, I do I do naturally fast every day. I'll have dinner really early usually. So I eat dinner about five thirty, six o'clock. And then I won't usually eat breakfast until around 10 or 11 the next day. So for me, that's just how my body likes to work. But I'm not, you know, if I've got an early morning breakfast, an event a media event or something then i'll obviously eat or if my body is really hungry and i feel you know today i actually need to eat earlier i will i'm not sort of religious about it but that's naturally what i do anyway and i think we're naturally designed to fast at night time the the problem is you know a lot of us eat late or we'll snack late and then have something in the morning so then we're not fasting and that's what breakfast is right break fast. You know, if we're meant to have dinner, go through um, the night and sleep without food and then in the morning we have breakfast. But if you're having breakfast at 6 and you're eating dinner at 9 o'clock the night before, then you're not getting that that time. So I don't think we have to complicate fasting, but I think it, it is beneficial. But it's not beneficial for everyone. So if you're someone that's got low blood sugar or maybe you're a pilot or a surgeon or a long distance truck driver or someone that needs real focus you probably need to have something to eat before you 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 do that um and so it's it's everyone's different and everyone's going to benefit but I think try and have dinner early have breakfast a little bit later and, you, and you're and you pretty much going to reap the benefits of it
0: yeah I think that's great advice I mean I think so often in health um Like there's a benefit to understanding the science and and the mechanics of it. Mm. But so often we kind of forget to just like tune into our body and see what our body's telling us, you know, and, um, you know, there's all these apps now where you can time how long you fasted for and your fasting window and all this stuff. And it's like, that's cool. But Hey, let's just tune in. It's like, am I actually hungry now? (laughs) Do I? Do I need to eat? You know, am I going to do some open heart surgery? No, I'm not. Okay. I can wait a little bit. (laughs)
1: Um, And that's the thing, you know, I think we've got to a stage where diet and food has got really political. Um, You know, everyone's like, no, this is the right way to do it. And that's the wrong way to do it. And I see people doing fasting, you know, with the timing and the apps and I can't meet you till two because I'm fasting or... Even sometimes fasting can be used as a way to avoid food, you know so with this whole we 're all about healthy eating, but also the the healthy eating can encourage orthorexia, so if someone is prone to eating disorders, healthy eating, clean eating, um, fasting, even veganism can be very attractive to someone that is prone to eating disorders or obsessive compulsive type behavior and we've got to be very careful that we don't take it into into that zone so i think fasting can be beneficial i do wonder if somebody gets into fasting too much whether and i don't think there's been any studies done on this this is just the way my brain works because fasting is there for natural autophagy, right? Um, I do wonder that if you do it too much, your body will then learn how to cope. So you're not going to reap such benefits of it. It's a bit like anything, your body adjusts. So that's why I think sometimes it is good to mix things up so that um, your body doesn't then adjust to the constant state of fasting.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think, it's also worth noting like if if we're out in if we're out in nature you know we might go some period of time where you know we we haven't found an abundance of food and you know maybe we go 18 maybe 24 hours without fasting but then hey we walk past three mango trees and we gorge ourselves for 3 days
1: yeah,
0: walk, <laughs> yeah. right like it's not like <clears throat> every single day is exactly the same you know if we're out in this world that isn't so abundant you know, where we can eat whatever we want nowadays. Um, I did a uh, extended fast at the start of the year with uh, Lauren Lockman. And he, he just said like, you know, technique, he's like, technically I fast, you know, between 12 to 18 hours, you know, every day. He's like, But is that a fast or is that just Mm. a normal window of not eating?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You know, technically I would do sort of at least 12 hours every day as well. Mm. Um, And that's what I think if we live the right way, you know, and we're not sort of eating late and we're not too stressed out, that, that's what our bodies are naturally designed to do. They're not actually designed to eat regularly every couple of hours, which was, I know, a trend that was going around a while ago to um, boost metabolism. We know that's sort of not true. And we also know that if we overfeed the cell, you know, then that's actually going to accelerate the ageing process. So that's yeah. interesting. But we can also get the benefits of fasting, this process of autophagy via exercise. Um, exercise takes the cells into this sort of process of autophagy where the cells can clear out any cellular debris. And that's why we say, you know, sitting is the new smoking. We have to have regular exercise um, because it, it helps with sort of longevity and um, saying that though too much exercise is going to wear us out quicker it's like driving a car at 100 k's an hour all the time so we've got to get the sweet spot and we also know that certain foods that we eat are also going to help the process of autophagy so we know that there are certain foods and really coming from plant foods that if we eat plant-based foods, we're going to get not only vitamins and minerals and, you know, the macros, but we're also going to get these really valuable plant compounds or plant chemicals, these phytochemicals, that there's still so much we don't know about them. You know, studies in the past have really looked at vitamins, minerals and what isolated nutrients do to our body, but what we're forgetting to realise is the importance of what whole foods do to our body. So when we don't isolate a nutrient, we get that nutrient with the fibre, with the other nutrients that are in that food, but with all these thousands of different plant chemicals, things like um, polyphenols, all of which we know are also having a very profound effect on our health. We also know that there are specific plant chemicals that are able to um, activate this process that we called NRF2. And NRF2 is what we call a transcription factor that activates over 500 or hundreds of different genes in the body. And this is via little protein molecules called sirtuins and these Protein molecules or sirtuins regulate numerous cellular functions, autophagy being one of them, um, cellular metabolism, reducing inflammation, activating our longevity genes, um, and helping the cells to produce their own antioxidants, so protecting us from disease and damage. So it's really interesting that I think these plant compounds are the forgotten gem. You know, we know something like extra virgin olive oil, it's got all these wonderful plant compounds in it. And the Mediterranean diet time and time again has been shown to be the most beneficial diet for our health um, because it's got a lot of plant-based foods in it and we're getting all of these important plant compounds that we know are having such an important effect on our health and only now we're just the science is just beginning to sort of look into what these plant compounds are actually doing so I do think Alex it's a very outdated approach that we've had in the past with nutrition when we're looking at what supplement can we take what isolated nutrient can we take and the studies are very clear that the best way to get nutrition and the best benefits for our health is to get it from food, not an isolated nutrient. And that's because it comes with all of these um, important cofactors that are having an effect on our cells. And I, I find that fascinating. And really, that's um, that would be what we call nutrigenomics, really. So it's not rocket science, but we're still always searching for that next magic pill or the magic potion or the next super diet. Um, And really it's just about getting back to to nature and eating a natural, unprocessed whole food diet.
0: Mm. And so is that the place that you would recommend people start if they were having skin issues or, uh, you know, any sort of health challenges? Would you recommend, all right, let's go mostly plant-based whole foods to begin with?
1: Absolutely, because I think, see, where I think a lot of people, they still want this pill. People always say, what's wrong with me? Give me the pill to fix it. And I say it's a bit like going to the gym, exercising on the treadmill while eating donuts. If you don't fix the diet and you just take a pill, you're still sort of fighting a losing battle so when when you're looking at treating any health condition really via nutrition, the best place, rather than start taking a load of supplements, the thing with supplements is most of them are isolated nutrients. And therefore, when you take a nutrient in isolation in a high dose, that's not how the cells of the body are designed to function. They're designed to function um, with different nutrients and different cofactors and different plant chemicals. So there's nothing really natural about a synthetic supplement. So if you take a high-dose synthetic supplement, we know that we're actually going to knock out other nutrients or we're going to have side effects. And so short-term, there may be a reason to take a supplement and there may be a nutritional deficiency or a medical reason. But if people are just generally going and buying supplements, I actually don't think it's a particularly healthy thing to do because if you think about that whole, process of that nrf2 activation that i was talking about your cells can produce their own antioxidants things like superoxide dismutase glutathione but if you aren't giving the cells the right nutrients and you're relying on synthetic high dose antioxidants what's going to happen to the cell is that it's not being encouraged to produce enough of its own antioxidants because it's getting them from an external source. But when the cell produces its own antioxidants, the effects are going to be way more powerful than relying on a high-dose synthetic supplement. Hopefully that's making sense of what I'm saying. Yeah. So really what you're doing is um, you're you down-regulating your your cell's ability to protect itself. You're, you're down-regulating your cell's own cellular defences. And I think there was a study somebody told me about, and I can't quote which one it was, but it was one that was done on the benefits of exercise. And as we know, exercise takes the cells into this autophagy. And... Um, the benefits of exercise with supplementation. And I think the study was trying to show that it's going to enhance when you take the two together, the benefits. But in fact, the study showed the opposite effect, that the benefits of exercise when it comes to cellular health were um, diminished when supplementation was added because the, the body isn't having to work as hard for itself. So. It's. I, th- I think we've got nutrition quite wrong, and I think when we're looking at at treating the body, we always should be looking at food first and foremost, because it always astounds me what people eat or what people think of as food. And I'm not. I'm not um, mega strict with food, so you know I, I don't eat a what I call a, a perfect diet, but I'm. I mean I have plant milk for instance which would be considered processed but I make sure it doesn't have a lot of the crap in it that's got you know sunflower oil and gums and thickeners and emulsifiers and all of that stuff in that a lot of people think is healthy which it isn't. Um, You'd probably be better having a little bit of unprocessed or least processed regular milk but everyone's different. So I think Our concept of food is very different. It's so much processed food available or health food that isn't actually very healthy that people think that they are being healthy. So if somebody's going gluten-free, for instance, they may think, right, for my skin, I'm going to cut gluten out because I've heard that gluten is bad for me. Well, If you're having a sourdough rye bread that's got very little gluten in, but it's got all of the prebiotics and the whole grains, that's going to be really beneficial for you, providing you're not celiac. Um, If you cut that out and then swap to a gluten-free bread that's made of refined white flour with emulsifiers and sugars and salts and oils in there, that's going to be far more detrimental and cause spikes to blood sugar and be lower in nutrients and not have the prebiotic fibre that's good for the gut that's going to benefit the skin. So I think there's a lot of misinformation out there and I think what people think is healthy quite often isn't healthy and, and that's where I think the conversation has has to change and it's going back to having the least processed food avoiding things like emulsifiers and filler that is in so many foods as bulking agents you know multidextrin which we know can be detrimental to the gut microbiota artificial sweeteners are toxic to the gut microbiota emulsifiers are not beneficial to the gut microbiota um all of this is going to have an impact on our gut health, on gut bacteria, and also can have an effect on blood sugar and affect the condition of the skin as well. Thanks. So I think it's starting for skin, for instance, and any disease by going back to basics and the getting the plant-based foods in there and getting in whole grains. So many people aren't eating whole grains. They think they're bad when they're not. They're anti-inflammatory, quite the opposite of what people think. Um, legumes are wonderful for the gut health and for skin health. And nuts, seeds, fruits, and vegetables, they're the things that we should be really increasing in the diet because I think it's 96% of Australians are not eating enough vegetables. So we're not getting those important plant compounds. We're not getting fibre. We're not eating enough whole grains. We're not eating enough legumes. So we're not getting that important prebiotic fibre that's going to protect us from disease. And so let's start there. Have a little bit of meat, have a little bit of dairy if you choose to but make the base of all of the meals plant-based, but fresh plant-based, not this highly processed vegan meat that's probably made out of gluten, which then wouldn't be so beneficial, you know, and sugar and emulsifiers and maltodextrin. So there's healthy and there's not healthy, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you raised some really good points there, uh, you know, I think there's a challenge with people who perhaps go on Netflix and watch a few documentaries and all of a sudden they go vegan overnight and they go to, you know, eating packet vegan or packet gluten free. And like you said, it's full of these fillers and these numbers. I always joke with my friends like, oh, you know, if you just had a bucket of emulsifier, like, (laughs) would you just eat that with a spoon? Absolutely, you wouldn't. But it's in that gluten-free bread that you're eating there and hey I used to be guilty of that too I remember when ben, started I getting it. yeah like you you, you say the um I can't remember the brand actually I probably shouldn't say the brand but there was some <laughs> brand of gluten-free bread and we were, we we're smashing it thinking we we're doing our bodies yes. a, a, a good thing and sure enough there's like three different numbers in there and there's emulsifiers and our stomach's just going what are you putting in man like this is horrible mm. you know mm. um You talked a lot about um, the benefits of obviously eating plants and you mentioned the gut. Would you say that before we even go to eating uh, mostly plant-based whole food diet, we need to address what is likely a poor gut health or does that just happen out of eating more cleanly?
1: Well, and that's the other thing. I think eating more plants is going to help with the gut health and that's where people get really caught up with they've got to have this, they've got to have a probiotic, they've got to do this and that. And I think there's a lot of misinformation about probiotics as well. Um, fermented foods, definitely, they can be a benefit because and like, with fermented foods, you can be getting some live bacteria if they're prepared in the right way. But don't forget with the fermented food. You're also getting those plant compounds and fibres, so you're getting the additional benefit. Um, and again, it's a whole food, so you can be including that. But if somebody's got gut issues or skin issues, things like probiotics and fermented foods can actually cause an increase in histamine and actually can cause flare-ups in the gut and in the skin. So you do have to be careful with certain foods like that if you have got um, a weakened gut or you've got inflammatory skin conditions until the gut's strengthened and then you'll be able to build that up. But I think quite often if there's a weakening in the lining of the gut, and that's usually from, it can be from a lot of things, it might be somebody's been on um, certain medications or antibiotics, um, it, it could have been a um, gut bacteria, you know, an infection, something like that. But quite often, it's down to diet. So if we're having a lot of high animal protein, a lot of saturated animal fat or saturated fat in general, like coconut oil, you know, people were downing the coconut oil. And we now know that's actually really detrimental to the gut. Um, And so things keep changing. You know, I mean, I wrote a book three years ago. And even some of the information in that now needs updating because at one point, fat was bad then it was good we went through this fat's really good and now it's like no saturated fat's not so good anymore so it is all balance and moderation but if you're having a lot of that you know something like a ketogenic diet a lot of high protein high fat and very little um good quality carbohydrate we're not getting the prebiotics for the gut bacteria and as a result those beneficial bacteria in the gut start to starve Um, that can then lead to sort of the bacteria eating away at the mucus lining in the gut we can get um, a weakening or damage to the lining of the gut we can see more inflammation we can see an increase in pathogenic microbes we can see a weakening of the gut so we we see more um, toxins entering into the gut and as a result that can create more inflammation and it can create even more autoimmune-type responses. So people can have gut issues but they don't have gut issues. So what I mean by that is there are people with gut issues such as IBS and bloating and they know that they've got gut issues. Then there are other people that have no gut symptoms whatsoever but instead they may have skin issues, they may have um, foggy thinking, they may have chronic fatigue, they may have joint problems, they may have thyroid issues, they may have autoimmune type conditions and that has a very strong link to gut health and that's because what's going on in the gut doesn't stay in the gut, it's going to affect us systemically. So. You don't have to be showing symptoms of IBS or something like that to have gut issues. You can have um, increased gut permeability or dysbiosis of the gut when you're producing more of a certain bacteria and you may not know about it but you're getting different symptoms. But what the latest research shows us is to really predict, the best predictor of good health really is diversity of gut microbes so we need this diversity because um, that is what's the best predictor of health and well-being and to get good diversity of the gut microbes and it's diversity and evenness so that you've got you know a lot of different species and strains in there to get that it's really about having a diverse plant-based diet. And when I say plant-based, I'm not talking about being vegan or vegetarian, I'm talking about having a lot of plants in your diet. From what I was talking about earlier, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains and legumes, it's important to eat all of those because they will all provide different nutrients, phytochemicals, but the most important thing here for gut health is the prebiotic fibre. And those foods will provide different types of prebiotic fibre, which provides the fuel for the beneficial microbes to thrive and survive. So if you're cutting those foods out or if you're eating a lot of saturated fat and high protein and not enough of these um, plant-based foods, you're going to be encouraging different bacteria to thrive and multiply, which may be producing more toxic metabolites, which are driving inflammation within the system. And so just simply by increasing these plant-based foods and the study and the research at the moment is we need at least 30 different plant-based foods a week. Now, I think that's very achievable, but when I say that to most people, they're like, what, 30 different plant-based foods? So if you think that comes from fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds. So mix it up. Mix up your whole grains. So have different breads. You know, don't always have the same type of bread um, because you're going to get different types of prebiotics have different types of fruit, different types of vegetables, different nuts and seeds, different legumes. Um, and then you're going to be getting or supporting this diversity of gut microbes you're giving them the fuel for them to survive that in turn is going to strengthen the lining of the gut and therefore um helping with the well it's going to strengthen the lining of the gut we're also going to help with feeding the beneficial microbes the beneficial microbes produce what we call um postbiotics or beneficial postbiotics called short chain fatty acids and it's the short chain fatty acids now that science is looking at that are really helping to um, protect us from inflammatory disease in the body and that can affect things such as diabetes cholesterol brain health um, that is really affecting everything our our mood hunger Um, and so that's what we're aiming for so the most simple thing to do really if we're looking for health and this goes for skin as well, it's getting that diversity of plant foods so that we're getting that fibre. And for anyone with skin issues like acne, you've really got to be looking at the fibre, cutting back the refined carbohydrate, cutting back the sugar, cutting back the alcohol um, and really getting in the plant-based foods and the fibre and that's when you're going to start to see a real, real shift.
0: Mm. Mm. is is there a way to test if you've got an imbalance in your gut is there a way to like find that out you know for those people who perhaps don't have those symptoms but think maybe there's something going on that they want to address
1: well i mean first and foremost i would say start with the diet so start by getting those 30 different plant foods in as a guide i say look for about 500 grams of non-starchy veggies a day so that If you think about how much 500 grams in that, that is a lot of veggies. So just to give you an idea of how much we should be eating, most people are having a half a carrot and a sprig of broccoli and that's nowhere near enough. You know, we we need a pile of, you know, veggies. Excuse me. That's a good place to start because then you're going to start to benefit your gut microbes. You can do tests but the tests are limited on what we can test for because some of those microbes, some of it we just don't know yet, um, and a lot of those microbes cannot survive outside of the gut either. So the testing is very limited. Um, but you can do things like stool samples to test what bacteria are in the, um, the stool and gives us an idea of the colon, et cetera. But again, it's very, very limited. And what we need to remember is the gut microbiota changes depending on what we're eating, and you can change it within 24 hours. So if you've had ice cream, refined carbs, um, alcohol or weekend, then you did a test, the results are going to be very different than if you've been having a diet recently of whole grains and legumes and, and plant-based foods. So the microbes that are dominant will be very much determined by the food that we eat. And so, really, the best thing we can do is is start by looking at our diet and getting those plant-based foods in.
0: Mm. Yeah, this is why I love the fundamentals of health, especially, you know, we're talking about nutrition right now because... Like there's the science behind it, uh, but ultimately you could know none of the science, but if you're just focused on eating like we're talking, you're going to experience a shift in your health in a positive direction. And you're going to experience a shift in the quality of your skin and I think the skin is one of those kind of um, ways that we can get an understanding of the, the quality of our health, right? Like if we have vibrant skin... It's generally we've got good things going on internally too, right? The skin's mm. one way that we can really assess what's happening. Um, so, if if you wanted to go to the next step, then say you've got you've got your, um, your your nutrition sorted, and we're moving regularly, and we're hydrated, and getting some beautiful sunshine. How can we then take our skin to the next level? If 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 you know our skin's really important to us, I, I know you've got a beautiful um, range of sort of. I guess, skin products um, uh, with VitaSol. And so tell me a bit more about that and kind of how we can take our skin to the next level.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you can always do topical skincare and topical treatments, but VitaSol is actually internal skincare. And the reason I I developed that was because, you know, 96% of Australians are not eating enough plants um, or or veggies, which means they're not getting enough prebiotics. So VitaSol is... um, a whole food natural plant-based um, supplement which has got prebiotics in to really treat specific skin conditions. So we've got one for liver and gut health, so that's going to support inflammatory skin conditions such as acne, eczema, psoriasis, and we've got another one that's more about activating cellular defence mechanisms by really helping... Um, Support the skin from within with nutrients such as vitamin c polyphenols they're so really good for pigmentation sun damage rosacea type skins, and then we've got a mineral based one for supporting wound healing and acne scarring and weak nails and um, thinning hair when we 're not getting enough minerals but it's all natural, so we don't use isolated synthetic supplements, which is quite different. all of the nutrients we use are coming from whole foods and then we've got a marine collagen which is the purest marine collagen in the world because i'm absolutely pedantic about ingredient quality as you might have (laughs) realized um you know i'm not about fillers and excipients and um you know a lot of supplements people don't realize have excipients in them they don't list them on the label because they're things that are used they're not an active ingredient, but they're used for maybe to help the supplement dissolve or um, break down in the stomach. Or, and these can be things like pegs, propylene glycol, talc, fillers. Um, we can put artificial colours and flavours. Just things that I don't think, although they're in small amounts, you just want to be popping in your body every day because we don't want it in the processed food and then we're going to be taking it in supplements and then we think that's healthy. So I really wanted to bring out a supplement that was pure, that was healthy, that was whole food, that was going to support a plant-based, you know, getting more plants in the diet and prebiotics. So they've all got prebiotics in them, um, these three whole foods. And then we've got the, the marine collagen, which is naturally um, a wild-caught, sustainably sourced for collagen, elastin and hydration. So it's about supporting the skin from within because the skin is the largest organ of the body. but it's not the most important organ of the body, then if we're not getting enough nutrients via the diet, the skin's going to be one of the last places to get the nutrients. And so therefore it's very easy to look at someone and the skin's going to be one of the first places to show signs of nutrient depletion. I'm a big believer in the skin never lies, the body never lies, and you can tell a lot um, by looking at someone's face and skin and eyebrows and just general condition by what may be going on internally, because it will show through the face and through the skin. And so I think If we can start to get the nutrients in and really feed the skin from within, we can really start to enhance our not only gut health and general well-being, but of course our skin health as well. Then just being mindful of what we're putting on the skin topically. You know, if you're rubbing coconut oil into the skin, then that can be comedogenic and cause breakouts and things. So it's about using ingredients that are going to benefit the skin without being harmful you know I think a lot of people can do too much to their skin and over exfoliate and put too much on it and then wonder why they've got redness and irritation and breakouts so I don't think we need to do too much to our skin Um, if we're eating right and looking after it then the skin really should be looking after itself too so we don't have to spend a fortune on expensive skincare is is my philosophy, but we do need to protect it and stay out of the sun as much as we can, um, but then get a little bit of sun for the vitamin D. You know, it's all about balance and moderation and um, I'm a big fan of eating well to to get great skin.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I really resonate with that. You know, I think um, so often it's like, I mean, really putting things on the skin to deal with our skin issues is a Band-Aid approach.
1: It is a Band-Aid approach. I mean, I've seen some great results with topical skincare and using topical skincare can enhance results a lot quicker than when we're doing it the internal route because we've got to wait for cellular turnover, you know, and it, it can take sort of four to six to eight weeks really to, to see a real noticeable difference when we're, we're doing it via diet. Um, but, again, you'll notice that – and. It, those in lockdown if they've been eating the wrong food or drinking too much and unfortunately you know a lot of people in lockdown have started drinking you know it's like oh let's have a drink at four o'clock in the afternoon and before you know it it's become a habit um or like Christmas time if you've been eating too much rich food or drinking too much you'll see a difference in your skin my skin will show me very quickly um if I haven't been having enough greens in my diet um you I take the VitaSol every day um, and it's to support a healthy diet. But if I don't take it, particularly the purity, which is the liver and gut support, um, for me, I I really notice it. I I really feel a difference because it just feels like it's cleansing somehow and supporting from the inside. So I'm about having a healthy diet, supporting from within, but not being obsessive about the diet to the point where it's causing you stress. If you want a glass of wine now again, then have it and enjoy it, but try not to make it a daily habit. If you want an ice cream now and again, enjoy it, but don't make it a daily habit. You know, it's about balance and moderation and um, living life and enjoying life. You've got to enjoy life. If you're obsessing over it and thinking one more hour um, for fasting, can't come out, I can't enjoy myself because I can't eat, That's no fun either and, you know, when I was younger, Alex, I had a history of eating disorders, you know, and it can really take over your life and destroy social situations and you don't want to go out for dinner with people or you want to avoid situations where there's food and it's really liberating to be able to move away from that and realise, you know, we can eat whatever we like. It is balanced moderation but... We just need to make sure we're getting in those fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds um, and getting as much diversity in our diet as we can to support gut health. And then a little bit of everything else is just like that, the cherry on the cake. But I do find when you eat healthy, you then don't want to really eat unhealthy. I mean, when I was younger, about 16, I started dieting and... I thought drinking Diet Coke was healthy because there was no sugar in it. (laughs) Um, And like Link was, you know, diet meals, which are full of additives, but they were low calorie, right? So I thought I'd have that. I did always add extra veggies because they never filled me up. Um, Diet, yoga, Diet Coke. And when I started dieting, even though I thought I was being healthy, I started putting weight on. Because then I started going to this starving and binging and, um, you know, affecting gut bugs and God knows what I was doing. But I wasn't feeling satiated because I wasn't getting the nutrients I needed, even though the media was telling me to go for the low fat, the diet stuff was the right way to go if you wanted to look after your weight. But it wasn't. Um, and it's really only recently that we're beginning to realize we can eat all of the the foods, And we can eat the carbs, but the good carbs, not the white refined carbs. Um, and even then you can eat those, but don't eat much of them. It, it's about being free with your food choices and enjoying food and having a healthy diet so that... Um, we we feel liberated and healthy and alive and full of vitality. It's not about denial and not about what we can't have. And I think that's a really important message because food has got so political, especially as I work in skincare and nutrition and I see people saying, no, you must eat keto. No, you must do fasting. No, you must do paleo. No, you must be vegan. No, you must be vegetarian. No, you must be flexitarian. (laughs) No, you must be carnivore and only eat meat, you know, and it, it's actually become really political, and there's no right or wrong. It's just get the plant-based foods in, and then eat a little bit, a little bit of everything else, and try and reduce the processed food. It doesn't need to be complicated.
0: Yeah, and we keep it simple and we give our body what it needs. That means it has the ability to process some of that less optimal stuff when we yeah. choose to eat that, when we want the ice cream on the weekend or we want to, you know, have a little piece of something as a celebration, you know, or yeah. have a glass of champagne when something good happens, you know. That's okay because we've been giving our body what it needs most of the time, you know.
1: So Absolutely. But I do find, you know, if you gave me a, a diet soda now I couldn't drink it like it, it's yeah. sweet and it's artificial and and I can taste in a restaurant if they don't use extra virgin olive oil and they've used a cheap cooking oil or um you, you can taste if something's got artificial additives or you go out for a Thai meal and you can taste the MSG and all the, the you know the yeah that they do <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the stuff in there <laughs> um and I remember once a few years ago we ordered something and it was this like, it sounded great on the menu and it came out and it literally was a MSG cloud. You know, it was egg white whipped up with MSG and flavouring. I said, I can't eat that. It's like, what is this stuff? And, um, you know, I just thought, no, I I can taste it straight away actually now. So Mm. your tastes do change as well and you just want the, the fresh, the fresh healthy food.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I actually find it challenging now if I can't figure out what the ingredients are. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's something here that I don't know what it is. I probably don't want it, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Hey, I understand you're, um, you've you got uh, some things to do. I have one last thing that I just want to yes. touch on briefly. Um, you mentioned collagen and you mentioned you've got a really great efficacy with your products with VitaSol and you, um, you mentioned something about um, the marine-grade collagen. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Because I find that really interesting.
1: Yes. So, collagen's a big thing at the moment, actually. And as yeah. you know that um, – and I, I should have warned you, I can talk a lot.
0: <laughs> no, it's awesome. Keep talking. <laughs>
1: Sorry. I get carried away. It's such a topic that I'm passionate about. I could just go on for hours. I
0: love it, Fiona.
1: Um. So collagen, as we know, it's the most abundant protein in the body and in our skin it's a support, if you like, the scaffolding in our skin, and it does decline with age. So by the time we're 60, we've got half the amount of collagen that we did when we were 30. You've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> um, I'm sort of a bit older though, so I'm, I'm noticing a decline in the collagen. So as we age, collagen declines And um, our body is constantly producing collagen and breaking it down. And it gets broken down as we age, but it's not being produced as quickly. And so we get this decline of collagen. And collagen's everywhere. You know, it's in our skin, it's in our hair, it's in our nails, it's in our eyes, our teeth, our bones, our blood vessels. So it's affecting everything as we age. And so we want to do as much as we can to keep it. So our body makes collagen and it needs important nutrients to do that. But if you're not getting the right nutrients from the diet, then collagen can be compromised, things like vitamin C and iron, et cetera. But with collagen in the diet, we get very little. You might get a tiny bit in eggs. Um, If you're having foods with gelatin in, that's a form of collagen, But the molecular structure of collagen is very large. So it's too large for the body. Um, It has to break it down and then it gets absorbed as amino acids, which will then get used for structural proteins within the body. When we take collagen peptides, collagen peptides are collagen. And at Vitasol, we use marine collagen because it's a gold standard for skin. It's had superior results in skin hydration and elasticity. But collagen peptides are collagen that has been broken down into very small fragments or peptides. And so the studies show us that when we ingest collagen peptides, these peptides are able to mimic the fibroblast-like growth factor that stimulates the fibroblast cell to produce collagen elastin and hyaluronic acid, which is what plumps up and and lubricates the skin and also the joints as well, which is incredible. Um, Also what these peptides do is they can help to inhibit or slow down the enzymes that degrade collagen and elastin. And so taking collagen peptides does have a beneficial action on the cell's ability to produce new collagen, elastin, and hyaluronic acid and we've been getting incredible feedback um the best results i would say take it with we've got a vitamin c and polyphenol powder because we know that polyphenols protect the skin from uv damage and vitamin c is a very important cofactor in collagen production and so um that's a really magic winning combination. So there are some really exciting studies now on collagen. Um, taking collagen peptides, even if they're bovine collagen, if people are okay with bovine, you're still going to get benefits on collagen and it's still going to benefit joints, etc. It's just when it comes to skin health, particularly elasticity and hydration, the gold standard seems to be marine collagen for particularly for skin.
0: Mm. is that marine collagen made from some sort of algae or something like that
1: right so no so um the marine collagen is coming from fish so our marine collagen so you can only get collagen from animal sources you can't get it from plant sources so if somebody's got plant Collagen, it's not collagen, it's basically nutrients um, to support collagen production. So, we've got a vegan collagen um, that's not collagen, um, it's basically nutrients that are required for collagen production, but that won't stimulate collagen production like collagen peptides can. Um, so, marine collagen comes from fish, ours comes from wild caught cod in Norway. Um, A lot of marine collagen, though, does use farm fish, but we don't use farm fish. And then, of course, the bovine collagen comes from cows.
0: And that's like bone broth, yeah? Like when people take bone broth?
1: That's why people take bone broth. But the thing with bone broth, it depends how long you cook it and it depends on the bones that you use as to how much collagen is, is coming out. And then with bone broth collagen, the collagen isn't hydrolyzed into peptides, so your body still has to break it down and absorb it, so you're not getting that collagen-stimulating effect that you would get from a collagen peptide. So, it, so it's not the same. Gelatin and, and bone broth, you won't get the same effect on the skin. It will still help supply nutrients for collagen production, but it's not stimulating or mimicking the fibroblast-like growth factor like the peptides do that
0: makes sense yeah absolutely it does are there other ways that we can stimulate um that growth of collagen in the skin like this is (laughs) not my area of expertise so you'll probably laugh now but like doing like dry brushing or something like that like is that going to help stimulate some sort of growth within the skin in terms of collagen
1: if we get new if if our body is getting all of the nutrients it needs it's going to support collagen fact, uh, it's going to support collagen production um, so we need you know fresh fruits and vegetables berries vitamin C iron um zinc magnesium copper even um these are all nutrients required for healthy collagen production Body brushing, not necessarily going to have a a massive impact on collagen production. Um, However, what body brushing is exceptional for is lymphatic drainage. And so I'm a big fan of body brushing because it gets the lymph moving and it's really good for circulation. It's really good for um, things like you know, when you get the little bumps on the backs of the arms, the keratosis pilaris. So for for clear skin, it's actually really beneficial. So it's good for our general health and also for our skin because you're also going to get a very gentle exfoliating action by body brushing. So with body brushing, you want to be doing that every day on dry skin and brushing up towards the lymph nodes. And it's it's really quite invigorating as well. I do it every day and it's great to do before you get in your infrared sauna.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, I've heard some amazing stories of people who body brush before the sauna. And personally, I've experienced that too. Like, You just get that invigorated feeling and then you jump yeah. in the sauna and you yeah. have a beautiful sweat and you come out and you're like, wow, yeah. I feel yeah. amazing.
1: And extra detoxing, really, that's what you're doing.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. Um, that is so, so good. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like we've just touched the surface. I feel like I'm going to want to have you on again.
1: <laughs> so do I. Well, anytime. I mean, I, I love talking about skin and nutrition, so I'm, I'm happy to come on and, and chat with you. You might even catch me in the sauna one day when I work yeah. out how to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get the logistics of that happening. Um that'd be that'd be great. have
1: <laughs> um, go in there and, with my makeup. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> um if people want to find out more about you and and what you do, um where can they find you?
1: So I've got a website www.fionatuck.com. Um and we've also got one for Vitasol which is do people say www? I don't think they do anymore, do they? You know, I'm old school. Gosh. I think some um, people
0: do, but you definitely do don't need to type it into the browser anymore. That's
1: no, I mean. you don't. Um, vitasol.com. So V I T A S O L.com. Um, and that's more about skincare and uh, unnatural. They're all, all Whole Foods, all natural um, products as well. And social media my Instagram is at Nutrition.
0: Yeah, awesome. I actually have a little secret to tell you, which I I haven't mentioned before. Um, we um, sort of got together and, and and started chatting and and podcasting together. I actually followed you on Instagram for like a year, and then I found out that um, you'd engaged with us, and we started talking about sauna. And I was like, Fiona, I was like, I've been following her for a long time, so I was I was really stoked to have you on the podcast today. And um, I think oh, it's that's awesome so really funny.
1: Topics. Well, honestly, I'm over the moon with the sauna. It's, a, it's the best investment we made during sort of lockdown and COVID. And my husband wasn't really into it that much. Um, He wasn't really like, oh, if you really want to, all right, then. I cannot get him out of the thing. <laughs> Loves it. He's actually a changed person being in there.
0: Awesome. Changed person. That's a big call.
1: Just like more relaxed. It just calms him down. Um. He has high blood pressure. I don't, we haven't had it checked, but um, he just seems calmer. Yeah, just calmer. And um, off he goes in his little, little red box and um, chills yeah. out in there. And he, he absolutely loves it. So it's been great.
0: Awesome. I'm so glad to hear. I mean, it's such a powerful tool. And, um, you know public service announcement to anyone listening i don't ask the guests to talk about sauna but it just always kind of comes no, up it comes and
1: comes up no but I'm, i recommend it to everyone so like i'm like if you haven't got one you need one it's the best thing ever
0: yeah awesome awesome well hey thank you so much for coming on today it's been an absolute pleasure and um yeah hopefully i'll have you back on here soon
1: absolutely anytime alex and thanks for having me as well
0: mm, you're welcome cheers thank you If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to stay up to date with the latest episodes.